Tattoo artist Cole believes this will be the last session to complete my left sleeve, although I feel it may be one more after that. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. I always say those tattoos, those are your babies. <laughs> they are my babies. My, my skin is worth lots and lots, thousands of dollars my skin is worth. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that mine actually is. <laughs> My tiger stripes might be worth that, but that's a whole different issue. Hey, listen, and you didn't have to pay for those. Well, I'm still paying for those. <laughs> I never, pay for you'll those. never pay those off. I'll never pay those off. I pay those every day. Hey everyone, you are listening to another episode of Ride or Die from Teens to Prosecco Queens with me, your host and forever dreamer, Teresa. This is the spot for the badass queens and the kings who support us to learn, grow, heighten, and enlighten. And today, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what I think is an extraordinary episode of our podcast. The woman sitting next to me, who you just heard in our little pre-show chatter there, embodies strength, resilience, determination, and is truly pure of spirit, best friend and confidant. Together, we have conquered challenges, celebrated triumphs, and discovered the true meaning of sisterhood. Her journey is one of resilience, perseverance, and a relentless pursuit of personal growth. Whether she's conquering her professional realm or her passion for creativity, spirit shines brightly. So dear listeners, please welcome Gina, my younger sister, a beam of light, a queen in her own right, with the conversation filled with stories, laughter, pure humor, possible tears, and an abundance of light. Please welcome my sister, Gina. Gina, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Wow, thank you for that incredible intro. I almost don't even know what to say to follow that up. As you all know, my name is Gina. Um, I am this queen's sister. (laughs) We are our only siblings, so it's just the two of us from the beginning. I am a sister, a daughter, an aunt, a cousin, a friend, and a partner slash girlfriend. Choose the term that fits your lifestyle best. I work full time by day. I've been at my job for 10 years and recently uh, got promoted to a new department. I recently passed a state exam and I'm now a licensed producer for accident and health insurance. Very exciting. Very exciting. And I'm a hairstylist by night. I am 20 years doing hair and I am a tattoo lover and boudoir enthusiast and in my wildest dreams someday maybe I'll uh I'll be a tattoo slash boudoir model. We'll see how all that pans out. I don't think wildest dreams, because we can do anything on our wildest dreams. We can. That's yeah. what they say. If you can think it, you can do it. So, again, we'll see. Yeah, and that's a very exciting wildest dream, because I still don't really know what my wildest dream is, and it still probably wouldn't reach that specifically, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. Um, so, everyone, our conversation today is going to be very interesting. It's very multifaceted. I am actually really excited about it, because obviously, us being sisters, we talk about this stuff all the time and we said it would be really good to have an episode about it because what we have grown up in and around is not as uncommon as other families and we've lucked out because some siblings do not have the relationship that we have we're lucky because we not only have each other we have our prima hermanas who were grown 
up with us and who have been able to be our sisters as well. So we are a very close-knit family in that sense. And I am blessed because Gina has always been, even though she's my younger sister, my confidant in the sense that there have been, um, again, specifically in the past two years, but specifically our entire lives, even before she even could probably even understand what I was talking about, just sat there and would listen. And that is something that we are going to discuss about today, specifically how siblings can be raised in the same household and have two completely different upbringings how it affects everything from our health to our relationships to choices that we make to our love languages and so on and so forth specifically our empowerment and our journey as women and i truly feel and gina i don't know how you feel about this but i truly feel that we kind of embody a wide range just the two of us of how women um, go through this world yeah abs- i would have to agree absolutely i mean i think We've, we've been through a lot, as uh, all women, people in general, mm-hmm. have been through. And, um, you know, like you said, I, I have always found it interesting and fascinating how um, siblings are raised together and do have such different experiences. And I, I forget exactly what I was watching or listening to a podcast, maybe something on IG that came up. Um, but it basically was explaining that we didn't actually have the same parents and we didn't actually grow up in the same household. Mm, That's deep. Because our parents were first time parents when they had you. It was a completely different experience. Once you have a second child and in other family situations, a third, a fourth, what have you, the dynamic changes. That's very true. And, you know, what one parent may be going through when you're a certain age they're now in a different place when that younger sibling reaches that age. And so sometimes one sibling feels like uh, they're so much harder on me than they are on you or vice versa, whatever the case may be. And it, it was just a very interesting conversation. If I ever find it again, I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely share. But it was it was just very interesting to hear, hear it from that perspective yeah. that in our mind we feel how can we be so different and how can we have had such different experiences when we were in the same household with the same parents? That is so, wow. I wouldn't even have thought about it like that, but that's completely correct because I think about with my own kids because it also talks about when you think about birth order, it's the same idea. Birth order is the same idea. It's okay. The first one, you're just learning. It don't matter how many other kids you could have been around beforehand. You could have been a teacher and have (laughs) went and had taught preschool classes but when those kids are with you your own children it is a completely different situation altogether and you know particularly it also depends how close you have them together in my sense mine are almost a decade apart and that's a huge difference and they still act as if they were only a year and a half apart the way they argue and they fight but a lot of times I find myself sometimes putting too much responsibility on my oldest being the fact that she's nearly a decade older However, the same amount of responsibility I feel was almost put on me just being two and a half years older than you at times, right? Like I'm 12 and you're 10. It was like, all right, watch your sister. I'm like, okay, but who's going to watch me? (laughs) You know, it was always that idea. And birth order on top of your parents sometimes being those first time parents. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how many years in between. When you get to that second child, you're tired. I obviously can only imagine. (laughs) Um, I am not a mom, no kids of my own. 
Um, but I am. She's an amazing aunt, Titi. <laughs> trust me say, on I this. I am a Titi Supreme. I, I will definitely wear that title. Um, so I mean certain things I obviously can't speak on from personal experience. But I like to think I can imagine. Yeah. And you've seen it right? Like you've actually seen it. You've seen the traumas and tribulations, and you've also seen the triumphs yes. as well through all those years for, for not just me and my kids, but our cousins and their kids and your friends and their kids. And, and the, the way it changes lives too, because it changes your life too, obviously, but the way it changes people as parents. So I think for us, as, as younger people, and I will preface this by saying our parents are amazing people. Um, I'm going to say that right now because, it's, you know, we might say certain things and like, holy crap, but that's not the case. Like our parents, are they have great hearts. They're amazing people. And as, and as adults specifically, too, they are they have been integral to my survival at times, you know, and I and not just emotional. Um, mental. They've also been the cause of a few mental breakdowns at, at times too, <laughs> and emotional breakdowns. Because I think, and something we've talked about personally as well, is that there are times in our lives that you obviously have your parents on a pedestal, regardless of what your relationship is with them. You say, okay, those are my parents. They have to know everything. You know, they are they are supreme. They are whatever. But as you get older. And you start to live more in their shoes. And you see at their age, you're like, holy crap, I'm 35, I'm 37, I'm 39, I'm 40. I don't know a damn thing. Holy crap, my parents must not know anything either, right? So I'm raising a, I'm raising kids and I am completely clueless how to deal with this. Well, guess what? So did our parents. So I think a lot of that is starting now as I get older. And, and, and most likely started almost a decade ago, I started to see going through my relationships, going through my downfall of relationships, becoming a mom, being able to see where they were human. Absolutely. And I think that's something to keep in mind also to, to kind of, you know, for anybody who's listening who does have, you know, issues with their parents or what have you. Um, but to, to give them grace and yeah. to understand that at the end of the day, they are human Yep. and everything that comes up or came up in our childhood was brand new for them too. That's right. You know, they, they had never at the time had a two year old and a newborn. Yeah. And yep. then a two and a four year old and then a four and a, you know, Oof, all of and those. And a 16 and a 14 year old and it keeps going. Exactly. Yes. And so none of that is easy. And I think a lot of times um, parents will tell their kids, you know, well, someday you'll understand when you're older and you have kids of your own. But I mean, first of all, you do absolutely understand yes. as you get older. You and, do. and I can personally say that I don't think you even need to have your own children yeah. to to fully uh, grasp that concept Agreed. of like, we're all just human and yep. we're all just doing the, the best we the can. The best we can. Just trying to survive every day and live your best life because we only literally have that one. Yeah. yeah, and so true. And I think a lot of it in that sense, as I, as I became a parent, I always thought before I became a parent, I was like, oh my God, why are they so hard on me all the time? And I had I did not have a close relationship with mom for a very long time at all until I became a parent. And then it was like, oh crap, this is not easy, you know? But again, even then, so you know, for mom, it was the first time being a grandmother as well. And the first time you being a titi or an aunt. So we're always learning as we're going along. And I think there's a big 
thing to be said also about having that village because there's a lot of wisdom there. On the flip side of that, I've talked about it before. I talked about it in the episode with Diane where the problem is if there's no healing through the generations, we can have a bad habit of bringing that through to each different generation, to each child. So if we're learning certain things from our parents that by the way, weren't the most healthy raising us, if we're not healing, then I have would have the tendency to bring it into with my daughter and then my son. And that's something I'm trying to break as well. So that has to do with the kids. But when you're thinking about your situation where at the moment you do not have kids of your own, you may or may not, that's your choice. But for your own life, you're trying to heal from those traumas and generational issues as well. And from the way we were raised just in your own life as well, because it's not just that we bring them in with parentage and with parenting our children. We bring them in every aspect of our lives careers, the way we conduct ourselves in in and around the public, and also in our relationships. Yes, 100%. So that's part of what we also want to talk about today. And actually, what you guys are getting is kind of an insight. And I don't know if I said this already, but kind of an insight into one of our regular conversations. It could be a lunchtime conversation where we talk about not just what happened during the day, but just trying to understand our growth as individuals and trying to navigate the craziness that is our lives and our different lives completely. Gina can tell you she go, 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 goes 24-7 and doesn't have to cater after children and their crazy schedules. It's, you know, it's a lovely thing, I'll say. Um, you know, to a, to a certain degree, you know, a lot of people will ask me, you know, do you have kids? If not, you do you have pets? And, you know, my answer is I don't even want to fish. <laughs> not, not even something seemingly simple because I'm grown and aware enough to realize that no matter what it is, it is more responsibility yep. than we initially believe it to be. Yes, for sure. Um, and you and know, can be I'm, traumatic. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I like to think that I'm aware enough within myself to realize that I just can't commit to that right now yeah understood to your point it it is go 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 and a lot of that for me is you know because of personal choice i i don't necessarily have to work as hard as i do true but i choose to for peace of mind of knowing that hopefully if i struggle and i do the work now and i'm diligent that when i get older god willing that i'll have a little bit of a nest egg, if you will, a, a little bit more of uh, of a comfort, something to to fall back on, and and I think that's why I you know I work as as hard as I do. So let me ask you because I think about I think about that a lot as well. Is you know if I and again for me specifically, I've had to start over a few times, unfortunately, and each time I start over, I have another human being attached to me, which is <laughs> which is even funnier. It's a weird pattern apparently that I've gone through in my life. Every time I leave one thing, I get another human being added to it. So that just happened to be part of my parentage and how I've taken certain things through my life, but. What about that old adage, you shouldn't necessarily worry so much about the future and live more in the day? Do you have, do you feel that you have a good enough work-life balance? Do I feel like I have a good enough work-life balance? I guess it depends on like the day and time you ask me. Right now, in this moment, I can say yes. 
because okay. I'm coming off of a great weekend. I, I you know, we, we had a, a beautiful beach day yesterday. Yes, we and did. Uh, today is Sunday. I have tomorrow off and I'll enjoy nice. the day with cousins and, you know, we'll, we'll have a great time. And so it feels, again, in this moment that I have a good balance. But if you ask me on a Tuesday night after I've been in the office until four and then at the salon until 930, in that moment, I may have a different answer. True. Very true. And in the way that is kind of living in the moment, isn't it? In a way, it's kind of literally a self a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, in that way, because we all I think all of us are living at the seat of our pants. And I think that's a big problem that we have as a society. And I've said this before in other episodes, I think we spend so much time surviving and trying to thrive that we don't always stop and see how far we've come. Yes. And I think for me specifically, I've been trying really hard every day, even on the days I know I take a thousand steps back, even the days I talk Gina's ear the hell off. If, let me listen, I'm going to be real, real, real with you guys. My sister is a godsend. I have been very lucky to have amazing family and friends around me my sister is a godsend if it wasn't for her holding my head going for walks with me I mean working out together like I think we've gotten better as sisters as we've gotten older yeah right like been more you know but specifically for me again the past couple years specifically really when it was bad being there just to listen to me bitch and moan and cry and I feel guilt beyond anything else in the world because there are days I have said to myself holy crap how is Gina's life going (laughs) because it seems like all the time we're talking about the crap going on in my house and we do sometimes I think forget that everybody has their own struggles regardless now we can't say that one person's are worse than others. You know, everybody's is relative. So I also don't like that adage, oh, well, at least it's not as bad as so-and-so. Okay, yes, that shit is bad, whatever it is. that can That is traumatizing, devastating. I feel bad. But that doesn't mean that my problem isn't as, isn't as relevant. Or, you know, that Gina's problems might not be as relevant and relevant to us. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, I think everything, everything counts. Yeah. And it's not about comparing and you know you you've I'm sure you've heard it a million times if you were in a room full of people and everyone threw their problems in the center you'd probably walk away and choose to pick up your own problems before picking up anyone else's <laughs> I'm not gonna lie if someone said I have too much money I might take that one instead <laughs> I highly doubt that that would be somebody's choice of a I'm, problem I am too fit you know what <laughs> Um, I might take that one. I'm just so much in shape right now that it's annoying. I am so happy in my relationship. I just can't take it anymore. Things like that. I might take somebody else's, but you make a good point. In general. (laughs) In general. it's It's just a matter of, you know, holding the understanding that, yes, everybody does go through their own stuff and it's, it's not, not that it's not okay because as humans, I think it's normal to compare yourself and I think that's that's really where the problem comes in in terms of like oh well I'm this age so I should be here or I should have this or I should have done this by now and I shouldn't be going through this right I I shouldn't be this I should have this you know all of those 
I should, I could. Why didn't I? Yeah. And I mean, all of that comes from the, uh, you know, social expectations of what we're brought up thinking should be the norm. That's right. Not taking into consideration like everything that's changed in the world. Just in our lifetime. Just in our lifetime. In, in, you know, the past 30, 40, 50 years. That's right. Um, which is beyond our lifetime. But either way. Um, 50. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so one thing that I thank God for every day is that Gina has always been my comic relief. There is, and not even on purpose. And anybody that knows us well enough knows this is to be true. I mean, there... I'm not, there's stories, I have a million, obviously a million stories, I'm not going to go into really any of them right now, they may come up in our conversation, but there are times in my life that it could be the most mundane day, or it could be the worst day that I think of of my life, and here will be, it could be the dumbest comment, it could be nothing, it could be completely mundane, and something will come out of Gina's mouth, and I will be on the floor rolling laughing, and I think that has really helped our relationship as well. As I've seen siblings, and I know siblings, in our lives that don't have any relationship. And that, I believe, honestly, I also do, I, I honestly do believe that has a lot to do with parenting as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely think it could. As I you mean, get older, there's... people's personalities change, right? But there's no foundation there. Right. Right, because as teenagers, holy crap. Me and Gina were like two cats fighting all the time, like dangerously fighting all the time. Yeah, I mean, throwing things, trying to throw each other down the stairs, you know, uh, wrestling, hair pulling, I mean, you name it. You name it. It was, it was happening. Yes. Um, At the same time, going dancing together. At the same time, having the same types of groups of friends. At the same time, me trying to get Gina to, I was, I was probably the worst when it came to peer pressure to Gina than probably her friends. Yeah, I, I had my first alcoholic drink with you. When I was 15? 15. Yeah. Mind you, 15. I wasn't even old enough to drink then. No, no, of course not. And mind you, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but it was in the house while you both were home. That's um, right downstairs. It was a little bottle of Jack. No, I remember being upstairs. Yeah, that's what I mean. They were downstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bottle of Jack. I was like, wasn't it pink? Or is that just like a weird memory that I have? That's a weird memory I have. It was, no, it was a little bottle of Jack Daniels. And I don't remember where I got it either. Oh, well, listen, I, you know, I don't remember that. So, (laughs) and guys, that's the other part too we laugh about because an ongoing joke, my daughter is the same way, weirdly enough. We say it's a defense mechanism. Gina's memory is trash. I would say damn near non, damn near non existent. We don't know why. We say it's a defense mechanism. Um, and you know, we don't, we haven't gotten into a lot of conversations necessarily as to why why that's happened. That's Gina's personal journey. She would have to go on to figure that out. It's a joke between my daughter and Gina because my daughter is the same way, which doesn't bode well for me, to be honest with you. It makes me a little nervous as to why my child has, has blocked out so much of her childhood. But that's kind of where we are. But again, this circles back to our main part of the discussion as to how siblings can be raised in the same household with the same set of parents and end up completely on different paths. Yes. Right? Now, again, there are some siblings we know as adults don't have relationships with each other because when they were younger, there wasn't necessarily that. One of two things. One, they were too far in age because we know sometimes if siblings are too far in age, sometimes that just doesn't, until sometimes they're older, they come back and go, oh, we're adults now. Right? There's 
obviously socioeconomic issues with that. There's issues with abuse. There's so many reasons siblings may or may not be close. I'm just saying, you know what? I don't like you. I don't like you as an adult. (laughs) You're toxic. I'm separate. I'm separating myself from you. And that's, that's really sad to me because I feel like I can't imagine my life without you in it. Same. And, you know, I think a lot of that though is attributed to the fact that we were always told. Yeah. You are all you have. Like you only have each other. You only have each other. I tell my kids all the time. Someday when I'm dead and gone, this is, you know, from our parents, someday when I'm dead and gone, you two are only going to have each other. So I don't care how much you fight, how much you may not like each other in the moment, don't want to talk to each other. You always have to come back. Right. And I honestly think that's the best advice they've probably ever have given us in that sense. Again, love our parents, but they're human. And I think the older I get, the more I see that. I know some people I've had conversations with recently who can't imagine their parents saying or doing something that seems out of character for them. But I also try to remind people that not only are parents human, they had a whole life before us. They have histories. They have things that happened when we were kids that we don't know about. Everybody's parents were, when you were asleep in bed, you don't know what was going on in their bedroom or in that living room or at their friend's house. You don't know because you're a kid. You're living your little kid life and your parents are literally living their adult life. And that could be that they're swingers. That could be that they're drug dealers. That could be that they're assholes to the neighbor. That could be that they're pretending to have you, you know, they have you in church every weekend, but they smoke and dope on the corner at night. They could be in the mafia. Who knows, right? I know I'm saying extremes, but we don't know. It could be as simple as your dad's drinking on the couch and your mom is in the kitchen cleaning. And that was just the life that you got accustomed to seeing every day, right? And I think that that, all of that, shapes exactly how we parent and how we shape our relationships as well because you're only going to do things for the most part and i've said in this other episode it's got two things that's going to happen either one your relationships are going to fall in those exact same patterns because that's all you know or two you're going to go hell no you're going to be enlightened and say they were miserable i'm not falling to that pattern so it's either full force full steam ahead in one way or complete opposite right because i don't want what i saw Or the hidden third one, which has happened to me, is you don't choose to fall in those patterns, but it happens anyway. Mm. Where you become so vulnerable that you don't see these patterns in other people and you fall directly back into them yourself. And you spend your entire life in that survival mode, right? Where then it's hard to feel like you can separate yourself from how you were raised and crap that you saw and actually who you are as your own person. And there's no age limit for that. No, I mean, listen, in general, I think it's just really important to constantly go in Mm, yes go inward like a lot of what we deal with now in in today's world that we live in is constant distractions amen constant notifications instant gratification like a constant barrage of just things yep you know, constantly, oh, I got the, the email that the that the light bill is due and I got to do this and I got to, do you know, pay the bills, do the laundry, clean the house, do this, do yep. that, you know, get the notifications, stay hydrated, stay healthy, do, you know, <laughs> yes. do all, all of these things. And I think a lot of the time it's it can be so much easier to just say, 
you know what, screw it. I'm just not going to pay attention to anything. And we end up on uh, YouTube in a rabbit hole. That's right. Or scrolling IG or Them watching da- reels. Those or, damn reels, man. You know, anything that will just <laughs> kind of keep your brain occupied and away from yourself. Yeah. At least for me personally, more and more recently, I'm, I'm realizing how distant I feel from myself. I feel you exactly on that. And so it it has to be a conscious effort all the time to be in tune with yourself. Yes. You know? And I not only agree with that, I wholeheartedly support that because that's, we're both on that journey for different reasons. Yeah. And I mean, it's constant, you know, it's been at years, I feel that I've been quote healing. Yes. And yet still I feel, you know, a lifetime away that, you know, every single Never day. Never enough. All, all I know is that I know nothing. Right. And and some people will hear that and they'll quick to be like, that's not true. You don't, you don't know nothing. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't mean that in like an ignorant way, like that I'm stupid. Right. I mean it in a way of I'm aware enough to know that there is still so much more healing that needs to take place. And it's a constant every day. If you don't take the time to be introspective and yes. ask yourself those questions. That's a great and, word, and introspective. what do I need? What, yes. you know, what, what is it that I need, right? I, I, especially as women, we're so concerned, especially you as a mom, with keeping everything afloat. Mm-hmm. Right. Just making sure that everything is so done. Easy to lose like, ourselves. It's, it's so easy to disregard yourself and your needs, even when we're fully aware of what they are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How, you know, we yep. talk about it all the time. Like, I know what I need, but I'm reluctant to say it. Yeah. If I, if I don't I can't ask, ask for it. it. Oof. If I don't ask for it, I'm never going to get it. But then I can't sit there and be mad that I'm not getting it because I didn't ask for it. That's right. We want to expect people to know what we need because we don't want to ask for it. And we feel if we ask for it, we're being selfish for asking for it. We feel that we're being greedy. Like, how dare I ask for something for myself? And for me, and then it's, okay, well, I now know what I need, but I feel guilty taking what I need because I feel like I'm taking away from what someone else may need. Yes. And it doesn't matter, again, speaking not just for kids, speaking about in relationships, right? We always feel like we're taking something back in order to give something to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's that balance that is so hard to come across. Um, One thing that listeners might find interesting is we have been working specifically with our cousin Teresa, Puerto Rican Bruja, and she's come out a few times since just recording the episode working with us and cleansing us. And I should have gotten a video of the cleansing and I completely forgot to have someone do it. But the last time she was here, two weekends ago or so, she took Gina and I outside and did a full, real cleansing on us with Palo Santo and also Florida water, her own concoction. And was amazing because I woke up the next day like I had a hangover. I was nauseous. Like whatever was going on, it felt like a real release. And some people may poo-poo it, right? And say whatever they need to say. But a lot of that is about really feeling your own convictions in it, right? Saying to yourself, I'm going to take this serious now on my own journey to self-healing. It it has to be personal and it has to be that it's what you want, no, mm-hmm. nobody can force healing onto someone else. That's right. And, and so God knows I've tried. No mm. matter 
how hard you try, it, you know, it, it goes back to the old, you know, the age old, well, you can't change a person. That's right. And while that's true, I also feel like it's not true. And I say that because I do believe that people can change. Oh, yeah. If they really want but to. It's personal. it has to come from within. That's right. That is personal. That is really having that. And not just the want to do it, the drive to do it, and the tools to do it. And a lot of times, you you can't do it with one out of three or two out of three. You have to have three out of three. You have to have a full that, that puzzle together in order to make sure that you are doing the right healing. And healing is a process we're constantly going through. It's never like, I'm completely fully healed, right? Because we all have triggers. We all have things that can go back to when we were kids that you're like, oh crap, I didn't know that was a thing, you know? So, yeah. and you know, something I say all the time is that healing is not linear. That's right, it's right? not. It, it doesn't go in just one way. You can ha- be having a great couple weeks and everything feels great. And then one thing happens and it feels like you're right back to to where you were and it's easy to lose sight of how far you've how come how far you've come exactly like i say one step forward and 10 steps back and that happens so often and it's a constant journey and one thing that um we were talking about is how growing up together in the same household has affected our relationships and who we are as people and something Gina and i talk about very often is how I talk too much and she talks too little. And so this I know right now was a stretch for Gina. Not so much a stretch for me, <laughs> to be honest. But when I say I talk too much, I was always that kid that was like on the report card, you know, Teresa's a good kid, but holy crap, she needs to keep her mouth quiet, right? But I was always like, why do I need to keep my mouth quiet? Who is Who are you to tell me to not talk? Who are you? And this included my parents. I was always in trouble because I was always like, why should I just have to accept what you tell me? I, and, and I was always in trouble. And when I tell you I was in trouble, like there was never a day in my life. I was to, the, to this day, mom will still be like, oh, it's because you didn't shut up. And your sister knew not to talk. <laughs> which, which we're learning now at, you know, as... I'm getting older, how detrimental that has been for me. Yep. You know, when you've been conditioned to such a point to not speak up, you, let me not say you, right? Let me be perfectly clear in saying I, I feel, and I have always felt that my voice doesn't matter. Yeah. What I have to say doesn't matter. If, and when I speak, I'm told to shut up. That's right. If it's that something has made me upset, it's don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Yep. So I, I can't speak and I can't cry. So what what does that leave me to do but mm-hmm. to completely shut down and right. go inward? Yep. And so now at almost 38 years old, I still struggle a lot and, and very deeply with not speaking up when I know I should. Right holding certain things back, not saying certain things, or just not bringing something up at all for reasons of, you know, in my own mind, telling myself, well, that doesn't matter. Even though I'm evolved enough to know that that's not actually true, right? it's still so deep-seated that I let it hold those roots. And it right. doesn't, even knowing that that's not the case, 
is not enough for me to just actually break out of that shell and actually say what it is that I need to say. Right. If there's that, that, I'd just rather just not deal with it. There's that ingrained blockage that says, listen, I know I'm worthy of saying what I need to say. I know what I have to say is important. But one, a lot of it is by living through you in that sense is and seeing from your perspective, because we know my perspective is the complete opposite. Right. And it's been detrimental to me as well. So when your case is kind of like, okay, well, one, is it worth these conversations, even though you know it is? Is it worth whatever the outcome is going to be, even though you know it is? Is it, I'm kind of comfortable right now, so why have this uncomfortable conversation when I can just, you know, live in this at this right. point, right? Those kind of things. And that is detrimental to your life in general, relationship-wise, career-wise. And you've come out of your shell hugely over the years in those kind of, in those as well. Hugely. And it's a, a huge improvement. I've said it over the years. Gina's now doing like, quote unquote, public speaking at our, in our company and stuff. And it's little things like that, that helps your growth. So when you're ready to have hard conversations, you're going to feel better about it afterwards, regardless of what the outcome is. Yes. 100%. You know? In mine, it's been the complete opposite because I have the tendency to then get too emotional and not to think before I speak. <laughs> Whereas I think too much and don't speak. Exactly. <laughs> I keep it all in and you let it out with no filter. With no filter. Complete opposite. Which makes me seem crazy to people who don't understand that that's a trauma response. Right. It's a pure trauma response. Yeah. Everything and, I well, have to say. And a lot of that I feel like is also emotional responses. Yeah. Right. And, and one thing that I heard a very long time ago, which kind of like rocked my world a little bit was emotions are not rational. Amen. They're not. And when I heard that, it, it kind of shook me a little bit because I was like, holy crap. No, emotions aren't rational. It's you in the moment. But they're not supposed to be. Right. They're emotions. So whatever you feel is what you're feeling. So never under any circumstance should anybody be telling anyone else you're being too emotional. Right. You're acting in such a way of right. whatever, whatever the case may be. Nobody has the right to tell you you're being too emotional or that you're not being rational because like, well, I recognize that it's not rational, exactly. but that doesn't mean that it's still not exactly what it is. Right. One thing I'm learning is now, unfortunately, is that I have to learn to control my emotions. I do jump from zero to hundred very fast, depending upon the situation. And in that sense, I have had, I have been working and trying to learn to regulate myself a little bit, right? And say, okay, if something is triggering to you, then you need to do something else because if you feel that it's starting to trigger you, don't let yourself get to 100. Right. Take your steps back, right? Same thing we do to children, which is why we're conditioned the way we were. Children are told, don't cry. Um, you're, you're not hurt. You're fine. Kids are told so many different things. And then kids, what do they do? Suppress those emotions who turn to adults to suppress their emotions. They can't speak about themselves. I do not tell my kids that. We both know my son can be unbelievable at times. And a lot is going on in this family, so I understand he's acting out at times. But there are times that I end up saying to myself, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this because I'll send, a, and I'll flip out too. And I'm like, that's not helping him if I'm flipping out. Right. He's flipping. I'm just two of us screaming and flipping out and I'm screaming at a seven-year-old to stop. But I can't tell a kid to stop feeling what he's feeling. So I have to learn the opposite of what I was taught and say, and tell him it's okay to feel. You yes. understand what you feel, learn and know what you feel, but then feel it and move on. Yes. 
you know, there were things I think that we were, and not intentionally. So I want to make this, I want to make it intentional that I say it's not intent, it wasn't intentionally, that there were things that we were deprived of that we didn't realize until we were older. One thing Jane and I have been discussing is a lot of books. We read a lot of books and all that kind of stuff and um, is is love languages. Um, never knew that was a thing. You know, we've both had relationships where we feel we're lacking things. And for example, my recent one, there was a lot of stuff lacking, but a lot of it is because yes I spoke my I, I didn't make it a secret I spoke exactly what I wanted what I needed I just was with someone who had a completely different thought process and a love language and everything else so we never saw eye to eye and it was always like I was just some nagging crazy person when it was just like one of my love language was quality time mm-hmm. and and physical touch because I always and it was something that Gina and I have discussed is that it's because we always had to kind of there was always a disconnect when we were younger between us and our parents and it was an emotional disconnect so as we got older it was something that I always loved being able to feel like somebody wanted to be with me yes wanted to spend that quality time with me wanted to hold me Mm. in ways that I that were comforting yes that put me in my feminine and not my masculine. Yeah, that, so, yeah, we do talk about it all the time. And I think what we found to be very interesting is that when we took the quiz, we had this almost the same exact order of love languages. And so the top two for me were number one, quality time, number two, physical touch. Yeah, exactly. Yep, the exact ones. You know, that I think was something interesting because I I guess maybe just because you kind of question, well, how and why does that happen? Was it because we truly were lacking those things? Right. As we were growing up, or is it just that, oh, well, we have similar personalities in that sense, and that's just (laughs) what, you know, what it is that that we want. But 100% of the time, I can say that I know for a fact that those are the things. And it, and it's not that it takes away from the others. Right. Because you, you still want, you want it all, yeah. right? In a perfect world, you want it all. I love words of affirmation. Um, I love giving words of affirmation. I ab- love those things. Absolutely. Oh, love it. Love it. Absolutely. And, and I feel like, you know... <laughs> Different strokes for different folks. Everybody needs (laughs) something different. But I, like I said, I just found it to be really interesting how we had the same exact ones. Yeah. I think it was, I think in the, in the order of five, I think two of them were like flip flops for us. Yeah. And that to me, I found to be very interesting. And I do believe that it starts from when you're younger and Again, everybody has different upbringings and there's so many different outcomes to the way you could, when you could be. And it doesn't necessarily even matter, you know, that you have people, listen, people say a middle child has it hard. I've seen that to be true, right? As an older child, I had so much responsibility placed on me at such a young age at times that I felt like there were times I was raising myself because I was teaching myself. And I've mentioned that many times before as well, a lot of things. But now I'm not just teaching myself things. I've got a younger sister. I've got younger cousins that it's like, oh yeah, go with your sister. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, so now I have to be responsible for not just my well-being as a child, 
another child's well-being, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just because that's the way we were raised culturally too. You're the kids are together. That's just what it is, right? Like you're together. You look out for each other. And thank and in the sense I think now I'm like thank God we did because we were luckily very close in that mm -hmm. sense because of that, you know? But I think then there's also sometimes their resentment that follows in some people's upbringings as well. Also, I wasn't always the best example. <laughs> either <laughs> well i mean listen you're also you know a teenager right going through your own stuff whatever that may be and yeah. so to to your earlier point about like peer pressure on on me like <laughs> yeah that happened but again you had never this is your first time being yeah. the older sister feeling this like um, pressure of responsibility and make sure everybody's good and all right well who's making sure I'm good right exactly and I used to say to Gina <laughs> I think I get so bad I said well if you're gonna do it you might as well just do it with me <laughs> right right <laughs> so you're gonna try it for the first at time least then you're in a safe space yes I used to be like you know the I used to be like listen here if you're gonna smoke something just do it for the first time with me you might as well she did not though she waited until she was by herself in like 19 that's not entirely true <laughs> <laughs> we were younger and we were together <laughs> and, and then we had a really bad experience that time so that was yes that was that one time i did have a couple here and there but you know that's what happens with dirt stuff when you're young no. you just trust everybody in the right. streets you know <laughs> it does happen you know um it shaped it shaped a lot of my view on right. things too and who you can trust and stuff as well and i think so that's a huge that to me is huge on as we got older there were things that we learned and there were things we learned about each other that there were times not till we were much older that I'd say holy crap I didn't know that mm. you know on top of the fact that we always spent a lot of time together Gina and I have done road trips together we've done island trips together we um I was Gina's hair um, model. hair model when she was 15 17 years old getting her hair certificate or license whatever it was you know and as always you know Gina was my comic relief for everything she was there when both my babies were born saw them come out first before the fathers did sure did <laughs> <laughs> and was there for all of that. And I thank God every day for that. So guys, we have so much more to talk about. I've decided to do is make it into a second episode. So please come back with us. We're going to continue this conversation plus so much more in another episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Come back for part two. Remember, you can catch us on Prosecco Queens um, podcast, Prosecco Queens podcast at gmail.com, as well on IG as Prosecco Queens podcast. And we're also on YouTube. So this episode will be on YouTube as well with as Prosecco Queens podcast. And we'll catch you guys in a little bit. Thank you so much for having me. Who you are